Hello and welcome to the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. This podcast is designed to empower you with the knowledge to live a healthy and happy life. My ethos is sustainability and my aim is to leave you better than I found you. I am a complete foodie, lover of all animals, recovering perfectionist, with a passion to help many achieve a life of health and well-being. I hope you take a lot from this podcast and thank you so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. You're joined by me, your host, Rebecca, and of course, my sidekick, Edith. Now today, I want to talk about the importance of protein within a diet. For many years, protein has sort of been blanketed as you only need it if you're going to the gym. And it's completely incorrect. And actually, as we age, we need more within our diet. And I'm going to give you the reasons behind that and hopefully give you some hints and tips how to incorporate some protein within your diet. So protein is a major player in the diet. It's what's known as a macronutrient. It's a large molecule and comes in at four calories per gram. And what that means is if you're eating something that say has 20 grams of protein in it, the caloric content of that would be 20 multiplied by 4, 80 calories. Now, as I mentioned, protein is a major player in the diet. It forms the building blocks of the body. So you can sort of think of your body as a bit like Lego, in that all of these cells are joined together to form your structure. And these building blocks are used to form and repair muscles, skin, hair and nails. And they enable many of the body's vital metabolic functions. So with inside our body, inside these building blocks, we have cells, millions and millions and millions of cells. Cells of the body contain protein. They form the structure of your tissues. They carry molecules around the body to where they are needed. And they play a vital role in many chemical reactions that take place, including the immune system response and production of hormones. And with inside these cells, the protein is made up of what's known as an amino acid chain. Some of these amino acid chains are short, some are long. They form like a double helix sort of structure. They like intertwine within one another. And the body breaks down these protein chains into peptides to use for specific functions. For example, the hormone insulin is a peptide. Now to complete these amino acid chains within every single cell to ensure our body is functioning optimally. We need 20 of the amino acids. However, the body cannot produce all of those naturally. The body can only produce 11 naturally. The other are known as essential amino acids and they come from whole animal protein sources. Therefore, it is essential that we obtain these from our diet to, in essence, complete that chain of amino acids to ensure that our body is functioning at its absolute best. Not only for the metabolic functioning that protein plays a huge part in, but for, as I mentioned, repairing your muscles, ensuring your hair is growing, ensuring your nails are growing. And of course, if you're grazing yourself, that is damage to that cell area and the uptake of protein to that is going to help you recover. It's also going to support your immune system. So these nine essential amino acids, they come in a complete form from animal protein sources. However, I appreciate now a lot of vegetarians and a lot of vegans 
they need an uptake of protein too and they can get that. They're what are known as incomplete protein sources and what we need to do with those is complement them and pair them to one another to complete that chain of amino acids. Now the body doesn't store protein in the same way it does with fats and carbohydrates. Fats and carbohydrates are your energy macronutrients therefore protein is needed every single day and there is so much evidence out there that demonstrates a diet rich in protein has huge 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 health benefits and that is especially as we're aging and especially for females as we're peri and going through the menopause. As we know with the menopause we have a reduction in hormone estrogen Oestrogen in the female physiological state is what we use to repair, retain and grow our muscle mass. And holding a higher rate of muscle mass is very important to not only metabolic health, but it gives you more capacity to clear blood glucose. And with muscle mass being the biggest site of glucose disposal, you can help retain your muscle mass by focusing on the uptake of protein throughout the day. Of course, resistance training really does help that as well, but I understand and appreciate that that isn't always available to people. But protein within a diet is something we should all be focusing on. And we know now from the research that a depletion of muscle mass inevitably leads to starvation because it helps with your organ function. Therefore, it is directly linked to things like all-cause mortality. An amazing study on muscle and strength and the uptake of protein by Lil et al. 2018 showed this. And the reason being is protein is a constant state of flux. And the muscle mass that we hold is a store of those essential amino acids that I was mentioning before. If there's not enough essential amino acids, the body breaks down muscle mass and therefore uses that for normal metabolic functioning. So protein helps retain that. And it does so by a process called muscle protein synthesis, which in essence is the process of making new muscle protein. And the more muscle protein synthesis we have, the less muscle protein breakdown we have. Now, muscle protein synthesis is saturated at around 20 grams. There is a little bit of evidence that getting up to 40 grams per meal could give you more benefits, but those benefits are like an extra 10%. So in essence, if you're like a small female and you're having to double up your protein intake per meal, that is going to eat into a lot of your caloric availability, which then may reduce the availability for other nutrients within your diet. So you've probably heard, get 20 grams of protein in with each meal. That's exactly why. And that amino acid that is very important to stimulate muscle protein synthesis is known as leucine. So within the whole animal protein sources, leucine comes in its correct amount. And we should be aiming for around about 3 grams. However, the incomplete protein sources, as I mentioned, doesn't have the amino acids in their complete ratio. So we need to pair them. So examples of complete protein sources, you've got dairy, milk, yogurt, whey, eggs, fish, meat, and then plant-based alternatives of complete protein sources, quinoa, soya, hemp, and examples of incomplete protein sources, you've got nuts, seeds, legumes, pulses, grains, and vegetables. And the incomplete are still very valuable in a diet. 
And vegans and vegetarians, however, are advised to eat a higher protein intake to get a wide range of protein rich within their diet to ensure that they're getting all nine. We don't want to be getting too wrapped up in, I need to pair this with this to get leucine in. Instead, if you're aiming for a higher protein intake, you will therefore ensure you are getting the amount in. Now, outside of the metabolic functioning and the supporting of muscle protein synthesis, the reduction of muscle protein breakdown, protein plays another really important role within our diet. It helps manage our hunger and our fullness through the way in which it is digested within the body. So a little bit of a background, we have two hunger hormones. Hormones work in pairs. Ghrelin is produced in the stomach and when empty, the stomach secretes ghrelin into the bloodstream and leads to hunger pangs, therefore increases hunger. That works alongside leptin. Leptin is produced in your adipose tissue, your fat cells, and alters food intake and control of energy expenditure via signals to the hypothalamus part of the brain, therefore decreases hunger. In essence, in essence, if you have a high level of ghrelin because your stomach is empty, ghrelin is going to communicate back to leptin. Leptin is then going to say to the brain, I am not full. Therefore, you will have a psychological demand. This may well be physical as well if you haven't ate, but many people report eating food but then still feeling hungry. And that could well be that that meal was perhaps high in carbohydrates, high in fats, low in protein, therefore leading to irregular hunger and with a response back to the brain. And it's going to say to the brain, do you know what, mate? I'm still hungry here. Now to add further caveat to that, the only macronutrient that can get through the blood-brain barrier to try and secrete leptin is a carbohydrate. However, carbohydrates don't help with the regulation of these hunger hormones. Instead, what that will then do is lead to an increased driver to want to eat more carbohydrates. And our environment largely dictates the carbohydrates and the food sources in which we are going to seek out. In this area of the world, our exposure is sugary dense foods, right? Crisps, chocolates, sweets, biscuits. Fun fact, if you lived in China or Japan, you would seek out spicy food because that is their comfort palatable food. So if you are eating a diet that is low in protein, you're probably going to have some what we call cravings and they are going to be driven to carbohydrates that you are exposed to in your environment. So when you're eating protein and it's digested predominantly in the stomach, that is going to help reduce the ghrelin response. Therefore, that is going to increase the leptin response signaling back to the brain therefore it's going to keep you fuller for longer you'll be less preoccupied with food you'll be less food focused and you'll be able to go the two to three maybe even four hours throughout the day between your meals so the digestion of protein plays into what's known as the thermic effect of feeding it in essence slows down your digestion and it's going to keep you nice and full throughout the day And the thermic effect of feeding makes up part of your total daily energy expenditure. So what we know from this is the body is using energy as it's breaking down your protein. And it's then delivering it not only to your muscles to help with metabolic functioning, supporting your immune system, supporting that cell reproduction, using some of your energy throughout the day too. So very, very powerful. Now the recommended daily amount is 0.8 grams per kilo of body mass. 
but actually that's been shown to be quite malnourished in protein and especially as we age and as I mentioned those vegans and vegetarians do need a little bit more. I do recommend 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilo of lean body mass. Now for those who are not going through perimenopause, menopause and those who are not focused on hypertrophy training, going at the 1.6 grams per kilo of lean mass per day is absolutely ample. So for a 60 kilo female that could look like 96 grams per day. Spreading that over three meals in around about 20 to 40 grams is massively advised. If you go above that 40 grams, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. The body would just synthesize that protein and it will oxidize it and use it for energy. If you are vegetarian or vegan, I recommend around about 1.8 to 2 grams per kilo of lean mass alongside any perimenopause or menopausal women to support that aging process. So to bring this to a close and to summarize everything for you. Protein is a macronutrient. It's a large molecule, comes in at four calories per gram. It is essential to the functioning of the body. We all need it within our diet. Getting it in frequently in your meals will help with fullness and satiety. It will help with muscle protein synthesis and reduce muscle protein breakdown. It will support your immune system. It will support your cell reproduction. If you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you need a slightly higher amount per day. If you are going through hypertrophy training and looking to significantly build some muscle mass, of course, the caloric availability needs to be higher than that of your normal metabolic functioning. So ensuring that that is firstly taken care of. And then for you guys, it may be worth opting for more around the 2.2 grams to help with that muscle protein synthesis and reduce that muscle protein breakdown. As we age, we do need a little bit more in our diet, especially as females. The essential amino acids come in their whole form from animal protein sources. They come in their incomplete form from most vegetarian options. Therefore, therefore pairing these on your plate is going to help with completing that chain without getting too wrapped up in the numbers. One important thing as well, just to mention, is that muscle protein synthesis, we know from the research, is elevated for around two to three, up to four hours. That will also coincide with regulating your hunger. So eating three substantial meals throughout the day is really important. And a simple way to get more protein in your diet is base your meals around your protein source first and foremost. So if that is an animal protein source, opting for a lean protein meat on that. Or if it is a vegetarian source, thinking about legumes, tofu, tempeh, soya first. So I hope this has given some insight on the importance of protein within our diet and how it plays a vital role in not only managing your hunger, but of course, all those metabolic functionings as well. If you have any questions around protein or if you're struggling to get that in your diet, please Drew, drop me a message. I know it can be really, really difficult to get that in, especially when diet methods have perhaps led you down focusing just on the uptake of carbohydrates or the uptake of just total energy balance. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and thank you so much for tuning in.